0: Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldizale with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between the two of us, we'll try to answer any calls you have. Just go ahead and give us a call. 499 Of course, in case you're outside our calling area.
1: That's right. You can dial 225 and get to us. That's you can right. also listen on the internet.
0: That's right. On iTunes or Stitcher or just about any of those. There you go. Get to your automotive hour that way.
1: We're actually worldwide now, right?
0: That's right. (laughs) Must be because I get emails from all over the world. There you go. (laughs) Guy emailed and asked, What does that sound whenever you're starting your show now? Yeah. I said, "What's well, a B seventeen bomber cranking up?" Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of cool. That yeah. is neat. Something about those old piston engines, man. It just nothing oh, else yeah. sounds quite the same. That's yeah. it. I mean, I know jets are cool and all that too, but yeah, uh, but something about a piston engine. That's just it. <laughs> <laughs> really, really cool. That's sound. just the gearhead but, in us. That's it. Yeah, I had a fellow that actually emailed from Fiji. Really, this, this week, yeah, and he had a little Toyota Carina, which is a model that they've got down in that area, right. in Asia and parts of Europe. And someone had put CV joints in it, and he was now getting some noise. He wanted to know if it could be related, so uh-huh. I was able to answer his question. So That's great. Yeah, yeah, If you've
1: ever been out of the country, most of your big manufacturers actually make the same car. Mm-hmm. When it goes to a different region, it gets a different name. A lot
0: of times it does. That's correct. I
1: noticed that in Mexico mm-hmm. when we were down there last time. That's
0: right. And I have seen even, I think they, were, they had Mercury trucks in Canada. Uh-huh. You know, the, like the Lincoln Mercury line. Right. Actually, Mercury made a truck, and which was actually a Ford F-150 with the Mercury tag on it. Of course. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting when you go outside the region, you see all these different automobiles. Right. There's, I guess all these thousands and thousands of attempts to answer the same problem which is getting from point a to point b that's it (laughs) we got a million different ways to do it so (laughs) i guess that's a good thing yep hey give us a call 499-9526 and we'll try to answer any questions you might have and just in case you don't care to call in or something may occur to you after the show is off the air
1: that's right you can always visit our website and get your questions answered that way there's several ways you can do that first you have to go to the website that's right the address is www.agcoauto.com that's a G-C-O-A-U-T-O. Right. Easy way to remember that's Altazan's Garage Company. That's correct. Gotta get you to our site and there's a contact bar on every page. You can fill out the form on the site, send it to Lewis, and he'll get it back to you within twenty-four hours. Should you happen not to get something back in 24 hours, just resend it, check your return address and everything. I
0: happen to get a wrong return address when you're typing that return address in there, if you happen to put a wrong character, when I try to send it it's just going to bounce back to me and that's as far as I can go. That's right. Sometimes I'll look and see if I can figure it out like if- they misspelled com or misspelled net or something like that. It's usually pretty obvious. I can figure it out and I'll uh-huh. correct it and try again. But it's just a series of letters and characters,
1: right? It's just yeah, it's just millions go, yeah.
0: combinations there. <laughs> yeah. So if you hadn't gotten an answer, just go ahead and send again. I'll be sure to get one to you. I never ever ignore email. That's right. That's every single one that I get. So.
1: And there's over eleven hundred vehicle questions that's correct on the site now that is a short to the point answer to a particular question
0: right and those come from all of the emails we've received over the years and calls we've gotten on the automotive hour when i get one that i think is interesting and brings up a good point or i think someone else may be interested i always add it that's right kind of a short to the point answer
1: right there's also the detailed topics which right. is a Much more in-depth article about a certain topic.
0: And that's actually on a RSS feed or a blog, so you can actually subscribe to that if you like. and It'll come to your inbox every time I write one, which is every Every Saturday Saturday morning, morning. 6 o'clock in the morning. That goes online. Right. And there are probably close to 300 of those in there. That will be a much, much more in-depth article on a specific topic. Put one in there this morning on nitrogen in tires. Uh Uh-huh. Which is a topic that pops up from time to time. Sure. It's been around for years, but every so often, I guess, some other tire store buys a nitrogen machine and it gets mm-hmm. brought up again. <laughs> pushed out there even more. I'd written an article, I guess, about two and a half years ago, more or less saying it was snake oil, it was uh-huh. like all the other stuff like that. And at that time, most of the information on the internet was being put on there by the folks who made the little machines.
1: Right. Kind of biased information. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, I went back and looked again, and so many people who, I guess you'd say credible sources like Consumer Reports and so on and so forth, have come out with basically the same exact findings. Right. So I feel somewhat vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit ahead of my time, but when I first looked at it, I said, look, this just can't work, man. Right. Yeah. Let's use a little common sense here, guys. You know, But they are actually trying to sell nitrogen fill in tires. And I will say this, there's probably no harm in doing it that I've ever seen. Uh-huh. There's just no benefit to it. Right. And their contention is that you're going to get better gas mileage and that your car tires are going to last longer and all that, which is complete hogwash. What they're doing is they're comparing a tire that is properly inflated with nitrogen to a tire that is under-inflated. Uh-huh. So
1: apples to oranges.
0: Absolutely. You just can't. You know, If you took and properly inflated a tire with air, you would get better gas mileage and tire would last longer, sure too. Sure you would. In fact, air is actually 79 to 80 percent nitrogen, nitrogen anyway. anyway. And their contention further is that well, the oxygen molecule is smaller, so they're going to leak out and it's going to lose air. Well, at most you can lose 20 percent of what's in the tire if that were the case. And my idea is well, okay, let's just fill the tire up with air, let all the oxygen leak out, and we'll have nitrogen in anyway. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you overinflated 20 percent, and let the oxygen leak out. <laughs> there you go. But it's just one of those silly kind of things that, I guess like so many things, if you say it loud enough, you say it often enough, people start to believe it.
1: Well, it's kind of like those flushing machines. Well, you know, that, right. that was the ideal thing Oh yeah. several years ago. Well, and now even GM, money. Has, even GM has come out and said, do not do it.
0: Right. It's made a lot of money for a lot of people, like a lot of things do, I guess.
1: I just don't like working that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, when you got to start being a shyster to make to, a to make money yeah. yeah it's time to change professions <laughs> that's right that's right i figured out a different way to do it but good article you might want to pop on there and see what you think about it www.agcoauto.com of course there's lots of other things on there as well we just revamped our little shopping cart completely right. that's been all totally redone so you might want to pop on there see if there's anything on there that you like you can get an agco t-shirt if you want uh, right there are, you can always win one
1: there are a few things on there to buy but all of the information right. is free that's correct that's correct uh, unbiased information from our experiences it's a great place to go to get for a resource
0: that's right and just pop on there see what you think www.agcoauto.com i think you really like it so what we're gonna talk about now (laughs) (laughs) Uh last week we started talking a little bit about wheel bearings and on cars Uh and it seems to me that this week we've had several additional cars come in with bad wheel bearings on it and i have noticed over the years that you tend to get a lot of wheel bearing type problems about two to three months after you have a lot of heavy rain in the area.
1: Right. A lot of standing water.
0: Right. Because when you drive through high water, what happens, and when I say high water, I guess that's a relative term. Some people think anything is under
1: under under the bumper is
0: okay. (laughs) (laughs) The center of that tire is only about maybe eight to 10 inches off the road on a lot of vehicles. And When you drive through that water, those wheel bearings, the seals in there are designed basically to hold the grease into the bearing and to a lesser degree to hold the dirt out that may get into the bearing and damage it, but they're really not a watertight seal. Correct. So when you take a hot bearing, a heat bearing, you drive it through cold water, it's going to have a natural tendency when it cools down to want to draw that water right in past the seal. That's right. Once the water gets in, it emulsifies the grease, which destroys its lubrication abilities. And then
1: it's just a matter of time before failure.
0: That's right. It's it's going to fail. It depends, I guess, on how much you drive and how far you drive and all that as to how quickly it's going to go out. Correct. But more and more and more wheel bearings cannot be serviced on cars. It's not like the old days where you could take them apart, change the seal, pack the bearings and all that. There are hardly any cars that you can do that with any longer.
1: Very, very few. I I can't even think of one offhand. Most everything is a sealed hub bearing Mm -hmm. or a sealed bearing now. Mm -hmm. A lot of them press in, a lot of them bolt in. It just depends on the application. Right, how it's
0: designed. Some of your four-wheel drive trucks still have a serviceable bearing, but even those like your Ford and Chevrolet, even, even your three-quarter ton and everything else has gone to the sealed bearings. right. And I suppose it is probably less expensive to manufacture that way.
1: It's a lot easier to put together. Right. Being if it's a bolt-on hub right. bearing assembly. On
0: the assembly line, it goes together quicker, and they don't have to pay anybody that knows how to adjust wheel bearings. So Correct. So they can just bolt this thing on and center it right out. Well, and the thing about
1: line. it, too, is you don't have a seal that you have to put in correctly. You don't have to have a, right. the right amount of grease in it. It comes as a complete built assembly from the manufacturer right they can and they just install it buy
0: it and put it on exactly. and it saves them money, but it kind of sort of passes the cost off to you because when it fails or when it starts to fail, there is no service there
1: well, and therefore you have to get it serviced at someone who has the equipment to do it right now a lot of your bolt-in bearings can be changed by your average do-it-yourself it's just a bolt-in bolt-out very very easy but you get to the press in bearings especially on your front wheel drive cars Mm -hmm. they have clips there some of them have external seals some of them have internal seals some of them have a special torque on the axle bolt. You well, have to make sure more it's torqued right. It
0: probably takes a 10 ton press. It does to take press a press in to and press them out.
1: Plus, you got to disassemble the front suspension to take that part to the press.
0: Right. And then you, many of them you have to realign the front end after you've put it all back together. Correct. And if you do not press that bearing together properly, you will be right back doing the job again. We've seen over and over again where even shops have replaced these bearings and then they fail again in very short order. Because if you put the pressure of the press through the bearing, in other words, if you press the hook into the bearing, into the rollers, you're going to damage it.
1: Sure. You're going to flatten a spot on them, and when that spot keeps rolling around, it's just going to start wearing, and like Lewis said, you're going to be right back in the same boat you were before.
0: Right. It's a very, very specific process that you're supposed to go through, a procedure for actually pressing them in without damaging them. Correct. Hey, we're going to take a quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Ever plan to motor west? Travel my way, take the highway, that's the best.
2: There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClinn. Dave, the alien ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code.
3: Uh, I see. Your ship is broken down. You want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the honest... Knowledgeable team at AGCO to do the job right. Sergeant, it looks like we're dealing
2: with some highly evolved life form. Dave, I'll sign off for now, but it seems that across the universe, everyone knows that AGCO is the place to go. And if you want to learn more, go to agcoauto.com. That's A G C O A U T O.com. Wait, there's another question. What is it, General?
3: Well, they heard Demi Moore's back on the market and won her phone
2: number. <laughs> like you said, a highly evolved life form. <laughs>
0: Welcome back. Just join us the automotive hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools to we'll try to answer any questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call, four nine nine-nine five two six? Of course, that's area code two two five. And if you're outside of our calling area, just give Miss Billy your name and where you are calling, and she will be sure to get you a AGCO code t-shirt That's right.
1: out. For the furthest caller today. That's
0: right. Maybe the gentleman from Fiji will call. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's a lock. He'd get that one. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah, four nine 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 five two six. Last week, we were, I think, right at the end of the program. Correct. A lady called in with a question, and I don't know that we got a chance to really fully address it, but basically, she was talking about she had gone somewhere. To having all changed because she'd gotten a coupon and they were of course trying to sell her this that and the other and i think she ended up buying a fuel filter which probably may have
1: may have not have needed it
0: and if they put a decent filter on there and not a piece of junk they didn't break the clip on the fuel line put it in any of that sort of buggery that goes on right but then they were suggesting a transmission flush to her and that was when she more or less put the brakes on thankfully she listens to the automotive and she was wise to that but what you have to remember, you're more or less setting yourself up when you shop that way. And I guess it kind of flies in the face of convention because we're so used to doing that with other things. We buy commodities You more or less know what you're looking for. For instance, if you want an iPod with certain features, you know what you want. Right. You know exactly what it is, and all you have to do is compare who's selling it for what price, get the lowest price, and you're done. You got what you want. Correct. They're all the same.
1: Even with a coupon.
0: That's correct. But with auto repair, the problem is most of the time you don't actually know what you want. You might think you want a tune-up, but what you actually want is the rough idle in your car to go away. Right. And so... When you try to reduce that to a commodity, and you go and say, give me a tune-up, and the car's still idling rough when you get through, well, you got what you bought, but what you did inadvertently is you misdiagnosed the car yourself, and then went out and, and shopped. shop
1: for a service.
0: For a service. What you needed was a solution to the problem. Another example could be, you may think you need a thermostat change, uh-huh. but what you need is your car to quit overheating. Right. And so, once you've put that thermostat in and it continues to overheat, who can you blame?
1: Well, and then that service is gone.
0: That service is gone. It's been wasted. Right. And that just happens over and over and over and over. And it's because of the most of the things that we do shop for are sort of standardized. There's a lot of standardization. And so, it makes it possible. If you are buying something that comes from a factory in another country or another state or whatever... You know, that all of them are roughly the same and all you have to do is compare the model number and compare the price and you got the same thing, no matter where you buy it, Uh but when you're dealing with a service, it varies so incredibly widely, for instance, let's just take something as simple as getting a water pump replaced. Okay. Well, you say, okay, how much is the water pump? What one guy is quoting you on is taking the old pump off, getting a white box piece of junk, rebuilt pump, putting that on, dumping the old coolant back and giving it back to you.
1: Correct. It's a water pump change it, the water in pump, pump, his te- eyes.
0: Technically, in his opinion, that is a water pump replacement. Uh huh. But the problem is, in about three months, you'll be back again with the same problem over again, or six months or whatever. Now, at another shop, they're talking about going in, figuring out why the water pump went out in the first place. Because you got a ground strap off, which is causing electrolysis, which ate the water pump up. Correct. Or you got the wrong coolant in the engine, which the silicates in the coolant ate up the water pump. He thoroughly removes all of the coolant from the engine block and the cooling system. He puts a brand new OEM pump back on the car. He maybe addresses the thermostat while he is there, puts it all back together properly. Well, again, he changed the water pump.
1: Uh-huh. But, but if therefore... you're comparing
0: prices, right. his price may be higher.
1: Well, it's going to be higher. Because
0: you are getting so much more. Now, Correct. that job is going to last for the life of the car. You're not ever going to have to do it over again. Uh-huh. Plus, he's not going to damage other things or cause or create other problems, as often happens with the first right example. So that's just one of the things that happens with that. And when you start trying to compare in that way, that's kind of what you get into.
1: Right. It's a shame, too, because that's why you need to go to someone you can first, you can trust. Mm-hmm. Someone that's going to do a good job. That's right. And someone that's going to take care of you if you should happen to have a problem afterwards. Well,
0: that's right. and. I've always said there are basically only two things that are really critically important when you get your car fixed. huh. Number one and most important is, is the person you're dealing with an honest person? Correct. Because if they are an honest person, then the price that they charge is going to be, be fair. fair. And so on. The second object is, is the person technically competent? Which means, can he fix the problem that you've got? Right. Because if he's he can be as honest as day is long, but if he's technically incompetent, he still can't fix your problem. Of course, I guess he's perfect. I to tell you he's incompetent. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> if he knows, you know. But a lot of times what folks think, they don't realize that they are incompetent even uh-huh. because this is the standard to which they work, and it's always been the same. I had a guy come in earlier this week, and he asked for a general inspection on his car. Right. Well, we went through the car, and the only – Two things that I could find wrong was that the valve cover gasket was leaking slightly Mm -hmm. and the transmission pan was leaking slightly. Okay. Now he had just had both of those jobs done somewhere else. And when I gave him the report, he said, well, I just had both of those done. I said, okay, well, they're both leaking. It could be that they just spilled all everywhere and didn't clean it up. Right. But you need to at least go back and check and see. He says, well, the place where I normally goes, gives me a great big report of stuff. I said, well that's because they're trying to sell you something. <laughs> there you go. What I'm telling you is what's wrong with your car. Right. It's a little different process. I don't give you a big old long report with pictures and graphics of all the stuff I'm suggesting that you don't need. Right. And he says, well, that's, that's completely different. I said, well, yeah, I realize it is, but...
1: And, and we are different.
0: We are different. Our approach is the overall lowest cost of operating your car. Uh huh. There's certain things that do need to be done and things that critically need to be done. For instance, changing the coolant at the proper time needs to be done because it prevents other problems down the road. Sure. Servicing a transmission properly needs to be done. because it's, 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 it's
1: little cost now saving a big cost later.
0: Well, that's exactly right. But. The flushes and the this and the upper intake cleanings and all that. Well, that's just snake oil to sell you to make up for the discount or the coupon that they gave you. To get you in the door. To get you in the door. Right. And you're kind of setting yourself up for that whenever you go places that market that way because that's their entire approach is to lose money on one item to get you in the door to sell you a whole bunch. They're not going to lose money all around. Right. And what I say is, hey, go ahead and take the cheap oil change. Why not?
1: Just make sure they're using quality parts. Well,
0: I just want to give you... The list, just bring it to me, and I'll tell you what you really need or don't need. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they're willing to lose money on all change, God they bless. They take it. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, the more people that go there, the, they, the sooner they'll learn the lesson, maybe they'll tool up and start fixing cars right. But, there you go. Hey, let's go to our phone line with Kelly. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Lewis. I have two questions. I yeah. have a 08
4: Dodge, okay. a 4,500 pickup truck. Okay. Once a truck new, i run service calls in it, and it's got the – Positive traction, they call it something else. Rare slip, yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, I've had several of these type trucks, and I know you got to change the differential fluid and add the friction modifier. That is correct. Now, on this truck it started probably about 30,000, 40,000 miles ago,
0: when you buy the fluid now, it's friction modifiers built into it. Yeah, but that doesn't work.
1: It's not enough. Yeah. It doesn't it, seem to be enough. Let me rephrase yeah, that. It
0: just doesn't work. Those clutches will go to making noise and they'll e- eventually fail. See, we use the mobile one LS, which LS means limited slip, but we still got to put the friction modifier in. If you don't, the clutches are going to rattle and clack and you go around corners. And I was a little suspicious of that when I first saw it. But yeah, no matter what you're using, I mean, I would use a good synthetic all, but I would, Chrysler sells a regular friction modifier, which is not that expensive. And I generally put at least one bottle each vehicle.
4: Good. I feel better. Mm-hmm. I, I've argued with them, so I don't think it's enough because it's still, you know, when I'm turning.
0: That's right.
1: Right. I
4: You know, I, I hear, uh, you know, I know the noise. That's right. It, you know, because that's all I buy is the ones with, with that rear end. I,
0: yeah, yeah. I have
4: to back off in the grass from time to time. I need well, both
0: wheels pulling. Well, sure. And I tell you, I we buy the Chrysler friction modifier and use it across the line we use it in toyotas we use it in fords we use it in all of it because in my opinion it's the best it works better than the ford product does it works better than the toyota product does but okay. we, we buy it by the case and keep it at the shop and like, that goes in every single one that we do
1: <laughs> and i
0: don't i don't feel so stupid
1: now. <laughs> when you put it in there mm-hmm. make sure you got room for it first do it at a change or something and yeah. And then take the regular gear oil once you've dumped the modifier out and fill the bottle back up about halfway with the gear oil, right. shake, shake it, it up. up real good and make sure you get all of that modifier in there. That's
0: right. Okay,
4: good. Uh, one other question. Sure. Okay. Shocks are going in my truck a little bit,
0: uh-huh. You know,
4: you see all kind of different stuff on shocks. I, I carry loads.
0: Yeah, I gotta be a little careful, mission brand names on the air, Kelly. I can't say anything bad about anybody, but I can tell you what I like is the KYB brand. Okay. If you can find somebody who says they sell KYB, that is a good product. And again, I can't talk bad about others, but there's several other big, big national brand names that are absolute trash now. Compa- okay. Companies that were real good a few years ago have been bought and sold and they have changed their strategies and they're absolute trash. So KYB is what I would use. If not, you can go back to Chrysler and buy them. Um, they're a decent product. They're just a little more expensive than the KYBs and not any better, in my opinion.
4: Okay. All right. Well, that that's that was my question because I bought the uh, yellow box. Yeah, what it is, yes. and uh, I have several of these trucks, and they don't perform like they used to. Right. right. Well,
0: a lot of times I've seen people put them on and actually bounce around more than they did with the old worn-out shocks.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the problem I'm having. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, I, I feel a lot better about that friction modifier. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. You you're right on target there.
4: All right. Well, thank you very much. I really really enjoy your show. Well,
0: thank I you go very much. My truck every. Saturday list. All right, wow. Kelly. We appreciate you, man. All right. Bye. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, we gotta take one more quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the automotive hour.
2: For more details on an alien aircraft that landed in North America, we go to a press conference with General Toms.
3: We have been able to communicate with the aliens using a special intergalactic code, and they are an inquisitive bunch. Uh, Questions like, uh, is Carrot Top an android? Um, why are those birds so angry? Uh, and uh, who actually did put the bop in the bop-shoe-bop-shoe-bop? Bop, bop? Sir, is it true they asked for a tow to AGCO Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair? Yes, they actually explained to me about AGCO and having repairs done for the overall lowest cost. They learned it all online at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot It seems like across the universe everyone knows that AGCO is the place to go. Did they seek any more information? Yes, they were curious to know the mysteries of the turducken. <laughs> Sir, I've often pondered those myself.
4: Now noise off the river to ride. Don't mind it cause the man with
0: the whiskers has a lot hey, it, welcome back. This, us this is the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Haldesand. i Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? Old car won't start, won't stop.
1: There you go. That's right. Need an answer to a question well, give us a call
0: been told something that you are a little suspicious about there you go there you go hey give us a call We'll kind of straighten you out trying to straighten get it out get you going you. in the right direction well that's exactly right that was kelly had a good question about that friction modifier and right unless you've ever owned a differential that is limited slip which they're pretty common we see quite a few uh-huh. out there they used to call them pause attraction, but
1: that was a that was that a, a manufacturer's name, not Well,
0: that was a, a General Motors trade right, name. Right. General yeah. Motors came GM up with that and called it, their limited slip pause attraction.
1: It just kind of went across the board. Well,
0: like a Crescent wrench or a skill saw. Right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> a Coke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess when you come out and you kind of dominate a certain market, right, you tend to earn that. <laughs>
1: that earn old, that privilege?
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like your, uh, your celebrities that are one name status. Yeah. Like Elvis. Yeah. You know,
1: you know it didn't saying, need anything else. You know
0: I'm saying? Elvis, brother, you know who you're talking about. That's right. Or even share to a lesser degree. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not to belittle or anything. There you but, go. <laughs> let's go back to our phone lines. We've got Curtis online. Good morning, Curtis. Good morning. Yes, Good sir. morning. Hey, we've got an 2 Chevy Tahoe. Oh. I recently replaced the, the stop light
5: switch that's on the brake pedal. Okay, sir. Because um, the lady stopped me and said it didn't have any brake light. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably two three months before that, the cruise went out. Okay. Um, and I thought replacing that part, because it sometimes says that it controls the cruise as well, would have fixed can, the problem. It can, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. But my cruise is still not working. Okay. So is it that little module that plugs into the... Uh, the little, fuse board or is it something more serious than that
0: well the problem now is that your cruise control doesn't work
1: right okay. and it wasn't working before
0: well it was working before then it went out probably two or three months
5: ago yeah and it, and it may have gone out at the same time my brake lights when i just didn't know it until okay. someone pulled yeah up the, I mean, the
0: cruise on that tahoe curtis does not use a separate module it actually uses the body control module So if the module were bad, chances are you'd have a whole lot of other things not working as well. More likely, it's going to be something like it could be the switch on the end of the multifunction switch. It could be the actuator, which is under the hood. That's the part that actually oh, I'm trying to think of how that thing works. It's, it's the part under the hood that sends it. But you see, on those vehicles, you've got drive-by-wire, so it doesn't need a physical connection with a cable and all because it just commands the throttle, the throttle body, body to open. So right. there's not a whole lot of parts on there. Now, the bad news is there's probably not a whole lot you're even going to be able to check yourself. Okay. The good news is it's very easy for anyone with the proper tooling to check that for you and repair it. What you need is what they call a Tech 2, which is General Motors Scan Tool. And most good shops are going to have a Tech 2 or at least an equivalent. And what you do, you plug in and it's going to set a code just like the check engine light sets a code. It just okay. won't be a code you'll be able to read with a code reader. It's, right. It's a body module. And
1: it's not going to turn your light on. It's
0: not going to turn the light on because it's not emissions related. But once you get the code, that's going to tell you where the problem is. There is a fuse in it. I mean, certainly just check and make sure the fuse is not blown. That is one possibility. Other than that, it's generally either going to be the switch or the underhood unit that goes out on them.
5: Okay, and then one more question. Sure. Um, If I were going to change all the spark plugs, is it necessary to put new wires with it as well, and would you go back with OEM spark plugs or... Is there anything that's a four-tip platinum plug? No, don't, don't do market. that
0: at all because there's nothing else out there even remotely as good as the Iridium AC Delco plug that comes in it. Okay. I think it's a 41-110 is believe the part
1: so. number on it. it. used to be
0: 41985, but they changed the number recently. But yeah, you want the Iridium plug that comes in it. I mean, they go 100,000 miles with no problems whatsoever. Just really hard to argue with. Now, one thing too, Curtis, those plugs come pre-gapped. Okay. So you do have to check the gap to make sure it's correct because someone could have dropped it or bumped it. If the gap is incorrect, do not try to re-gap it. Bring it back and get another plug. Okay. Because iridium is extremely brittle. It's super, super tough, but it's very brittle. If you start bending that electrode, it can break off, drop down your engine, and take out an engine. Right, right. What you want to do is make sure you get the right plug. As far as the wires, if they come off okay, you know, if you can get them off without having to yank and pull and fight. There's,
1: there's actually a little trick to getting them off I mm-hmm. found the other day. I actually did an O2 Tahoe the other day. If you'll take the wire where it plugs into the coil and kind of twist it and break the connection, the, the rubber is going to kind of bond to the coil a little bit. If right. you'll twist it till it comes loose and then take it off, then you can take the whole wire, grab the boot, and twist the boot all the way around. It's going to okay. be real tough to get started, but once it turns all the way around, it breaks that bond on the plug itself. Right. Okay. Then you can kind of twist them and take them off.
0: That way you're not twisting the wire.
1: Right. You're not pulling on the wire. You're not twisting on the wire or the connection. You're actually twisting the boot, which is usually the problem. Right. Now, okay. there is a big chance that you're going to rip the connector off on of one or two of them. Right. And if you do that, go ahead and get a set of ACDelco wires for them. Right. And
0: they are okay. two those different wires that go on those There's a 748GG and a 748HH, and one is about an inch longer than the other.
1: So take an old wire
0: Take either an old wire or get the part number off the ignition coil. It'll either start with a 12 or it'll start with a 19, and that determines which wire you got. Or what might be just as easy is go back to the dealership and just give them the last eight digits of your VIN number
5: they give you the right
0: part. They'll give right. you the exact right part. Check both ways, but I don't think they're that much more expensive than now, anybody else.
1: I'm not sure if that box comes with the silicone to put on yeah, the plugs. Yeah, it comes with a little packet Sometimes it. it does, sometimes it don't. I've seen them without it. But do yourself a favor, because you're going to be doing this again. Take and put a little silicone inside that boot where it plugs on the spark plug. Right, so it doesn't it freeze So up. it won't freeze to the plug. So next okay. time, you won't have to go through all that. That's right. Okay. and you might be able to save the wires next time
0: mm-hmm. all right hey thank you all right you're Curtis. welcome sir Thanks, man bye-bye all right four nine 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 five two six is the number if you want to be part of the automotive aisle, we would love to have you you know i
1: just thought about something there's also a torque spec on those plugs that's right it's 11 foot pounds
0: 11 foot pounds right okay
1: you have to have a torque wrench and you're supposed to put them plugs in at 11 foot pounds
0: and that's what the engine absolutely cold
1: absolutely cold
0: if you can't lay your hand on the engine then it's too hot. Correct. Because when that aluminum head heats up, it expands. that hole expands. If you talk up to 11 foot-pounds in an expanded head, when it cools off, it's going to be really tight.
1: Right. And you may Next break time around, around or may pull, not get well, one out or may take the take threads, take the threads, out with, threads it. with it. <laughs> yeah. yep. yep,
0: that's right. And that's the whole nine yards. That's it. There you go.
1: It's not, an easy, not a hard job, nope. but that plug on the passenger side in the back is a little bare. Yeah. But it can be done.
0: That's right. You know where that saying comes from? What's that? The whole nine yards. Where? Well, it's, it's actually a couple of different renditions. Okay, but the, All right. but the one that go. I like. All right, the
1: one that you like. <laughs> the
0: one the old man told me. All right, <laughs> you know, a 50 caliber machine gun belt is 13 and a half feet long
1: i already like it's it it's
0: got 250 rounds in it okay well on aircraft they put 500 rounds hook two belts together which is 27 feet okay so when you emptied that gun you gave them the whole nine yards. yards all right <laughs> i like that rendition yeah when your waist gunner on a b7 you come back with your guns zipped you give them the whole nine yards that's it <laughs> that's where that come from <laughs> <laughs> now i've heard other stories too but i like that yeah one. So i like that one that's too. gonna be the official automotive all hour right. story all right, right. i go for that <laughs> Okay, talking about replacing spark plugs, and a lot of folks think I've heard this story, they say, well, you know, I haven't changed my spark plugs, I've got a hundred and twenty thousand miles, but my car still runs just fine.
1: And it's going to. Yeah,
0: if it if it's not broke, why fool with it? And that is just sort of a deceptive sort of a thing because what happens on modern cars? You do not have the big call with its plug wires and all for the most part. You've got individual call packs which are computer controlled. Correct. The engine is looking at the crankshaft position sensor, and it knows what they call the contribution of each cylinder. Okay. It basically knows how much power each cylinder makes, because right. each cylinder fires, turns that crankshaft, it can measure that. When the spark plugs start to get bad, that starts to fall off. huh. But rather than have you notice a lack of power or a rough idle or whatever, what the computer does is says, okay, we're lacking contribution on cylinder number six. So let's increase the duty cycle of the call. Right. So a call that is designed to run with maybe a 10% duty cycle, it'll bump up to 12%. Okay. Okay. Then the power comes back. As it continues to wear, it bumps it to 15%, 20%, on and on and on. It just keeps giving it more burn time. Right. To make it fire. Because as the gap wears, it gets wider and wider and wider.
1: Takes more voltage to go across it. More
0: energy to jump that gap, ionize the plug gap. So, what the computer is able to do is to simply give it more power. Now, that's fine because the car continues to run just fine. Right. You never get the rough idle. You never get the drop-off in gas miles. You don't get the drop in power. However, what you're doing is now you're overloading the coils.
1: Right, because they're only designed to run a certain duty cycle.
0: Normally, about 10% duty cycle. Uh Uh-huh. That means that for every minute they run, they can be on 1 tenth, and they have to be off 9 tenths. Correct. To cool back down. Correct. Well, as you start to exceed the duty cycle on an electrical component, what happens? You burn that component up at right. time. And they say, well, why, why do they do that? Because they're trying to hide the symptoms from
1: you. Because sure. people
0: complain about symptoms. Okay. And it's going to take a long time. It'll certainly be out of warranty before it
1: happens. Oh, most definitely.
0: But what is going to happen is that in order to save, say, a $8 spark plug, you're going to burn up a $200 ignition call.
1: Correct. And your V8s have eight of them
0: eight of them on there at 200 that, bucks a crack that's a lot due, of to math yeah <laughs> well Ford has a lot a lot of trouble with that their ignition calls going out and I don't know if that's the whole problem with them but that's certainly a contributing factor right and when you get to some of your Ford products particularly your five, four, three 3 valve right where the spark plugs have the option of breaking off in the engine so people will say well I'm not going to take that chance I'm just going to leave them in there
1: well, you start burning up coal. Well,
0: yeah, now you're popping out a PO300, PO305, PO306. Depending solar, on so the cylinder. You accelerate and the car starts to stumble and fall. Well, now you're in a precarious situation because That's right. now you're doing damage to the car because the misfire is taking out the catalytic converter. Check engine lights, flash. You can't get an inspection sticker.
1: Not to mention, you waited way too long to try to get those plugs out.
0: Well, the longer that plug stays in there. Now, this is the,
1: the l- 543 valve. Three valve engine. Correct.
0: Correct. The longer it stays in there, the less the odds that it is going to come out in one piece.
1: Right. That is a totally redesigned spark plug for that particular engine, and it's actually spun welded together. The right. two pieces of the plug are spun welded together. Well, and The that... carbon builds up on the bottom part inside the cylinder, mm-hmm. and when you go to take it out, the, spun, the spin weld Brakes. breaks, mm-hmm. and you get a part of the plug out. Well, well then you've got a big problem.
0: What happened is that back when they invented – the modular engine, it came out first as a 4.6. Then uh-huh. they updated that to a 5.4 to get a little more power. At some point in time, they decided, well, let's put three valves in each cylinder. that give us even more power. And the engineers did that. and They said, darn, we can't fit a spark plug in <laughs> <laughs> So some doofus You're decides, right. well, let's just weld a little piece in the spark plug. Yeah, that'll fix it. Let's do that and put it in millions and millions of vehicles and see if it works.
1: That's right. Well, it did. They
0: did. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, here, hold my beer and watch this. Exactly. You know? But – What is happening now that all those vehicles, I think that started back, I don't remember when the three valve came out exactly, around 2001 or 2002, Uh all the way up to 2008, I think they finally fixed it on the 09 models. Okay. They went back to a one-piece plug. But what happens, there are millions and millions of
1: these vehicles out there,
0: all approaching around 100,000 miles
1: Right. All way out of warranty.
0: Way out of warranty. And what happens is that the coils start to burn up, so the check engine light pops on. You say, okay, I need to change my spark plugs. You reach in there with a little tool uh, socket, and you turn it, and everything feels fine, except when it comes out, it doesn't look anything like the one in the box. That's right. That's because the end the of is still down is still the, of the cylinder. motor, about 10 inches down in that tube.
1: The aftermarkets have actually come out with a special tool to take that piece mm-hmm. out of the, the right. head. Should you happen not to be able to get it out or parts of it drop in the cylinder, right. then the head's got to come off. That's right. The heads and have to come off the engine. The which- head's coming off that engine entails pulling the cab off.
0: Right. Well you have to pull the cab off the frame. The The timing chains have to come off the motor, which is a whole another story in itself. So it can be a major, 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 major deal. That's right. Hey we're gonna talk a little bit more about that as soon as we get back. We're gonna take our final break and be right back.
2: There are reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For more, we go to field reporter Jack McClendon. Dave, the alien ship has malfunctioned, and they're actually communicating with General Toms via intergalactic code. Uh, I
3: see. Your ship is broken down. You want to be taken to our leader, the president? Oh, to Agco Automotive, the leader in car maintenance and repair, where they don't just work on cars, they fix them. Sir, he's correct. You can trust the knowledgeable team at agco to do the job right sergeant it looks
2: like we're dealing with some highly evolved life form dave i'll sign off for now but it seems that across the universe everyone knows that agco is the place to go and if you want to learn more go to agcoauto.com that's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. wait there's another question what is it general
3: well, they heard demi moore's back on the market and won her phone number <laughs> like you said a highly evolved life form
0: Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis and president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we're trying to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why do you go and give us a call? 499-9526. And just in case you're outside of our calling area, that's area code 225. That's right. That will get you right straight to us. And we're going to the phone lines with Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning. Yes, sir. Good morning.
4: I've got a 99 Toyota Tacoma. Uh-huh. I recently changed the plugs and wires. Okay. And got the uh, front end rebuilt. Okay. It, uh, I have a hard time keeping it running in the morning, and uh, when I'm driving it uh, at a stop, it'll just shut down on me. Yeah. What uh, could that possibly be? Most of the time
0: uh, on that one, Chris, that's going to be a part called the idle control servo or idle air valve. They call it both things. That's most of the time. There are other possibilities, but that's the most common by a wide measure, especially if you got a lot of miles on it. That's a pretty big deal. you got to take the throttle body off, and the part's kind of expensive. But, I mean, as good as those little trucks are, you know, it's just kind of part of it. One guy told me, man, Toyota's are bad about that going out on them. I said, well, yeah, with 250,000 miles they are. It's just the other trucks are in the junkyard by that many miles. <laughs> so you never see that go out on them, you know. But that is... Uh, Most of the time, the problem, I mean, I wouldn't go buy it apart and put it on there without having somebody check it to tell you for sure. But what it does is it's a little valve that opens when the RPMs start to go down. One way to kind of sort of check it, let it sit there in idle, Chris, in neutral. And then with your foot on the brake, go ahead and drop it in gear and watch the tachometer. And if it's working properly, the RPMs will stay the same. If it's not working properly, the RPM will kind of drop down and then kind of slowly come back up. You can do the same thing by turning the air conditioner off and on. You know, if you I cut got, the AC on and it kind of drops down and kind of slowly comes back up, then it's not working right because it should instantly catch it and pick it up. But over time, they just get tired. They can't pick it up fast enough, and so the engine stumbles and dies.
5: I have a air filter. and Well, that's call. bad.
0: Yeah, that's okay. bad. I would take that off and put a Toyota filter because what that does – that lets a lot more trash and oil and stuff get through. You know what they do with high-performance air filters, Chris, is they just make the holes in them bigger, so more air can pass. But that also lets more dirt pass. So they take a coat of oil and put on to catch the extra dirt. But that oil can get in there and wipe out the airflow meter and all that. Does not give you any better gas mileage. Absolutely cannot affect the gas mileage in any way, shape, or form, except maybe it can make it worse if it gets the airflow meter dirty. And it will give you a little bit more power, but it's just not worth it. I would go back with a paper filter on there. and From Toyota. From Toyota. Probably have a whole lot less trouble down the road. One more question. You bet.
4: I've got a uh, brand-new 2011 F-150.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I'd basically like to add some more horsepower. I was considering cold air intake and maybe some mufflers. I know it's a new truck, and most people would say don't do anything to it, but if I wanted to add some extra horsepower, what would be the most
0: cost-effective way? Man, the most cost-effective way is go sell and buy one more horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you start doing stuff like that, Chris, you modify the exhaust. Now your O2 sensors aren't reading right. Now you start failing inspection. You change the intake, particularly on that. Is that the 5-liter, the new direct injection engine in it? Yes.
1: Man, Man that thing makes... It makes, makes a lot of hard power powers. anyway. Right.
0: I would be very, very, very scared to modify that engine in any way because that is very radical technology as it is. It's not really proven technology. If you've got a warranty on it, you want to preserve that warranty right. as at long as possible, all possible costs because that is an engine with a lot of propensity towards some very expensive repairs in the future. And
1: not only that, it's only been out a year. Right, so nobody so knows. So nobody really knows what the effects are going to be on it. You know, in three years.
0: Yeah, I absolutely would not modify that engine in any way, shape, or form because if you do, Ford's going to void your warranty when things start happening. That's right. Okay, thank y'all. Okay, All man. All right. Sir. Thank you. Bye, bye. There you go. I, you know, I've been doing this 22 years. Yeah. One day I'm going sti- to figure these and, two buttons out.
1: And it's not even the same color button. No,
0: not even in the same. Not the same
1: shape. It's across no, the board. No, yeah. I don't well, understand it.
0: They're three feet apart.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand
0: it. Well, you know, when you get old, you do stupid stuff. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to our phone lines. Howard,
5: good morning, Howard. Good morning. Good sir, morning, gentlemen. How can I schedule a service? Live out of town. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, if need be, have the thing maybe analyze and go as far as you can. Uh, it's a, it's popping up a service engine soon. Mm-hmm. Everything seems to be okay. It's an O2 Buick. It only has a little over 40,000 miles yes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh I can stay with it for a day or so, and yeah. whether you can fix it or
0: not. Yeah, uh, Howard, you know, what I would suggest to you is to find someone that is convenient to you.
5: Well, you're about as convenient as anybody I trust.
0: Yeah, but see, we just don't do that kind of service while you wait on it. It's just not anything I can well, do while I don't the mind customer's waiting. The whole day. I know, but it's just very, very inconvenient for everybody. You need to find someone who's going to be a little bit more convenient for you, someone closer in. And if you go to the website, read how to find a great shop follow those instructions find somebody close to your house that maybe can run you back home that sort of thing because something like that you just you never know what you're getting into it's just a real real pain for everybody involved and there's just no reason putting yourself through all of that i would try to find somebody that's a little more convenient and see if maybe you can find a local guy who could run you back to the house that way you can fix your car give him enough time to fix it you know he's not under the gun trying to rush around trying to get something done and that's just gonna probably work out a whole whole lot better. Well, it sort of sounds like maybe you wouldn't want to fool with it. No, so that's not it at all. But I just don't want you to be inconvenienced because you oh, can't no, come. No, 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 yeah, you can't come in and sit around and wait all day on something that puts the mechanic under a whole lot more stress to try to get the car out of there because he knows you are up there waiting. It just doesn't work out that well.
1: And you're really you know, not sure what you're going to run into when you get it well, in the shop. Well, that's right.
0: You get in there and you find five things. The parts aren't available. Now you got to put it all back together. and You've got
1: to drive all the way back home, right. hopefully. It's hopefully. just
0: not convenient. Right. You know, I've got a friend of mine that actually lives in San Antonio, Texas, who's uh-huh. the best air-conditioned man as far as houses go that I've ever seen. Right. But I can't call him when my house air conditioning breaks down. He's just (laughs) not going to make a house call from San Antonio. Exactly. And I can't move the house there. (laughs) So I I know that we're not going to be convenient for everybody. Correct. You just can't possibly be because you're a physical location. Right. But what you have to do is find someone. A big, big part of getting a car fixed is, number one, Trusting who you work with. But number two, it's convenient for you. If not, you're just not going to be able to sustain going back and sure. forth. You're going to wear out. The shop's going to wear out. It's just not going to work That's out. That's it. Hey, I think we have just about squandered another whole good hour here. Already? I'm telling you. Man. We real close. That Got was them.
1: quick. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> what, what can I say? <laughs> I want to tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning, every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour.
1: I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. And go to iTunes and give us a... A rating, that'll get us higher up on the list.
0: Well, that's right. And when you do go to iTunes, instead of just listening, if you don't mind, why don't you subscribe to our show? And all that means, if you hit the subscribe button, it's going to send it to you automatically every Uh time, because iTunes looks at the number of people who listen, they look at the number of people who subscribe, right? and they give a much higher rating to people who subscribe. Great. And just in case you're not sure how to leave a rating, Uh I actually put a section on the website that tells you how to leave a rating on iTunes. Great. So pop on there and see what you think. I think you'll get really something like out it. of it. There hey, you go. Hey, tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening every Saturday morning. Preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.
2: reports of alien aircraft landing across the nation. For reaction from Washington, we go to Kit Moyer.
4: Dave, Congress has been deadlocked for hours on a big decision. No doubt about this alien threat. No doubt. Well, Dave, my sources tell me that the alien ships have malfunctioned, and they want their repairs performed by Agco Automotive. So
2: you're saying for all these years, Agco has been operating as an alien hub, helping in their evil plot to take over the world.
4: No, you said that. I'm saying that these aliens know that inferior repair work can cost you time. And money down the road, and taking their vehicle to Agco means it gets fixed right the first time.
2: So, if you want to learn more about how Louis Altazan is a servant to an alien overlord, visit AgcoAuto.com. That's dot com. Dave, you're really trying to boost ratings, aren't you? Uh, sorry.
4: Wait, Dave, Congress is no longer deadlocked, and it looks like it's thin crust and not deep dish? Yes, people, our tax money hard at work. I'm Kit Moyer, signing off.